Okay, good morning, gentlemen. Thank you again, Rabbi Golding. I really appreciate it. Okay, so we're at the bottom of Zion Ahmed Bay's, and um, uh, we got into an interesting question. Uh, we have this rule that when you're in Eretz Yisrael, then uh, you don't have to say, and you deliver a divorce. So since basically the Eretz Yisrael was learned, uh, and the decree was outside the land of Israel, so you don't have to say, when you deliver a divorce. And also, because you're in Eretz Yisrael, they can check the witnesses. So now, the question was, what's called being in Eretz Yisrael? What is that? that obviously, if you're in the land, so the, the, we learned the borders. That was yesterday, with the maps and what are the borders. But what about if you're on a ship in Eretz Yisrael? So at first we thought uh, the question was, uh, is being in a boat also on the land of Eretz Yisrael? And, and we still haven't gotten past that, but we're going we're gonna to say soon that it could even be the question is not so much about really if you're in the waters of Eretz Yisrael, you're in Eretz Yisrael. So if you want to live on a boat ship, you can make Aliyah to live on a boat and still be in Eretz Yisrael. That's not, not the question. The question is certain islands that are, uh, what's the water space? Which, is, the interesting thing is they're fighting about that now. That's like the hot topic because they discovered a lot of oil underneath. And so what is the water space of Eretz Israel? So you would know the, and there are islands in these places. And, um, and the interesting thing is a lot more of Eretz Israel is ours than people would let you know. <laughs> that uh, we don't want to antagonize the Arabs. And the Arabs know it, by the way. That's one reason that they're all nervous, you know, because... Oh, we said, oh, we just want the part that we have, and we don't want... But uh, really, just like we came back to the part of Eretz Yisrael that we're in now, eventually we're going to get it all back, Merz Hashem, hopefully soon. And so maybe some of them, they have more, you know, they, they know what's coming. <laughs> but anyway, uh, but let's go back to our discussion that we're starting here about the boats. Omer um, Tani it's about a paragraph up on Zion and Beis. Tanikata, maybe get bisfina, maybe be Eretz Yisrael. If you deliver a divorce in a boat, uh, you write the divorce on the boat, and you deliver it, uh, that's just like being in Eretz Yisrael. But Tani, maybe be No, it's not. So which one is it? We got a contradiction. So we're going to see two answers. The first answer, or you were These are two different opinions. That's an easy answer. Two different opinions is a boat considered in Eretz Yisrael. Hi, Rabbi Yehuda. Hi, Rabbanan. It's not. Efer chutzor tzabah b'svina. Le'eretz. Let's say you grow stuff on a boat. And I, by the way, it's not far-fetched. They grow things on a boat. It stays fresh that way. You don't have to worry about refrigeration. If you have a garden, you know, you grow things on dirt on a boat. So if you have stuff growing in a boat, uh, is that uh, biblical produce or not? Is that produce of Israel? So he says... That's, that's like just growing in Eretz Yisrael. Right, so if it's growing in Eretz Yisrael, it'll be Adama, right? We mentioned that. Right, is it on the land? That's right. He says, well, wait a second. It, it could be if a ship is way above water, that's not considered growing on the ground. But if you have, uh, like the Erie Canal, where the boats are, uh, I forgot what they're called, where the boats are barges, or they're, they're basically, um, Goshesh is almost is like the bottom of the boats on the dirt. 
It's like it's on the ground. But if that boat is really not on the ground, then it's not on the ground. A putter, then it's not, it's, it technically didn't, it's like how it grew in the air. Abayi says a different answer. Hi, Rabbi Yehuda. Really, both opinions are going in Rabbi Yehuda. You could say, instead of saying they argue about the hydroponics, the boats in the air, you could say, really, we're going in the opinion uh, that it depends on whether the boat is uh, on the ground or not. When it's not on the ground, it doesn't have Kedushas. When it's one of these boats, um, there is a Rashi here defining Gosheshes, four lines from the bottom on, on the left side. Gosheshes, Megasheshes, Bakarka, Sheena Mayim Amukim. It's like uh, hovering over the ground. The water is not too deep. So I, I, I don't know exactly. I mean, it doesn't. Is it like, um, I don't know if it drags on the ground or is it. I, I'm not in a ship enough, to, a boat enough to know what, what exactly it means, but it's not very deep water. It's, that's like, there it's like very close to the ground, whereas if you had deep water, then it would be very far from the ground, and all bets are off. Omer of Zera, and Reb Zera said, uh, three lines from the bottom, Atzitznokov, and we, uh, this is what we're talking about, what they call uh, vertical farming, which is becoming very common today. Um, it's bec- One of the reasons it's becoming common is that when you, br- most of the produce comes from California or Mexico, You've got to uh, drive it in on trucks for a few days, and you've got to refrigerate it, and that has what they call a big carbon imprint. That, that kills the environment, and, uh, um, and it, it adds expense. Whereas if you can find a way to grow it, the problem is certain things don't grow here, so the solution is you grow them above ground. And so that's become very popular. The interesting thing is that if you grow it above ground, it's easier to keep the bugs out. And so a lot of the, uh, the, the, these above-ground produce, people are, are trying to make bug-free, and then you don't have to wash them. That's the, uh, and so, uh, that's the, but that's the, that's the new frontier right now. That's, that seems to be the, the popular thing that everybody's experimenting with. It has to be tweaked. You have to really know how to do it to make it. Well, we don't have a history of people growing huge amount of produce above-ground. Uh, but uh, they're working on it, and there are, there are a lot of new startups and companies. So it, it, the question, though, is, is that considered in the ground? So if you have a pot with a hole in it that's uh, hanging on the pegs, that would depend on Rabbi Yehuda Rabbanon. Is that in the ground or not? And Omar Rabbi Dilmalohi, maybe not. It could be that it's not on the ground when you're in a boat. Because we turn to today's page. Because boats move around. That's not in the ground. It's constantly moving. Uh, a ground means set. But if you actually had a pot that was growing in one space, maybe the fact that it's above ground, but it's, it's not moving, it's getting from the ground and the environment. So maybe there it's different. Or, or, maybe over there, the reason why the boat is considered growing in the ground the Lomavsik Avira, there's no air in between. The, the boat, the, the, you've got the, the, uh, the things in the dirt on the, on the bottom of the boat, and the boat is on the water. And the Maya Kiara the water is the same as the dirt. Being on water is like being on the ground. So there's, no, there's nothing between, it's not really a growing above the, the ground, it's growing on what's on top of the ground. It's a sandwich. You've got Dirt, water, boat, dirt. And so it's all connected. 
So there, you could argue for sure it's considered part of Eretz Yisrael. Avul Atzitz, but if you got it in a pot hanging above ground, or I think they grow it on tables or whatever. The, have you experimented with that, Michael, at all? Avul Ba'atzitz, the Mavsa low. They have people doing this at home. I think uh, a few, few, few people have some fun. They grow things above. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's see. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What's it called? The raised garden. Oh, raised garden. Yeah, but that—that's uh, okay. Above ground. That's right. Above ground, but it, it's connect. A raised garden is connected to the dirt. There's no. There's no finish on that thing. There, They're talking about something up in the. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's a couple of like a tabletop garden. Yeah. Where it's not directly. Oh, it's like having a garden on top of this fence. Yeah. Yeah, that's growing that's something dirt. Different. So it's interesting. So this question, is the boat better or is it worse? Is it better because it, there's no air in between? It's really on top of the water or is it worse because it's moving? Something moving isn't on the ground. Um, I guess if you grew something on a space station or something, you'd have that kind of question too. Like if your space station was hovering over Eretz Yisrael. So there it'd be kind of hard to just be over Eretz Yisrael if you were to, you know, you'd have to like... Yeah, right. You wouldn't so you wouldn't be high in Meiser and Shvius and uh, but if you had some way to you know to be you know the I guess that's called the geosynchronous orbit. You can do that. Oh, could you? Okay. So that's part of our. We the question here is in general is error problem. You want to, you're asking a question, which is a good point. Sometimes we, within a certain space, we ignore it and say it's like on the ground. So how high does the pot have to be? That's a good point. I didn't know. That's probably included in this Megeshesh, because clearly if the boat is moving, it's, it's, it's not anchored in the ground, it's, but it's close enough, so it could be. No, it, it's, I think this Meshach uh, is that, it's, uh, I'm sorry, it goes Geshesh, is that it's, Sufficiently close, maybe the mechanism is, is lovely. Correct, yes. In other words, it's, when it's on the ground, it's not, it's not fully settled on the ground. Otherwise, how would you move it? It's, 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 uh, it's lightly touching it, so to speak. It's <laughs> Okay, moving on. Uh, now, the Gemara, though, we didn't really deal with the boats, uh, where the boats were exactly. So, Reb Nachmar Yitzchakamar, Naris Eretz Yisrael, Kulamalo Pligi. He said, if you're in territory of Eretz Yisrael, that wasn't the question. It changes the whole, the whole question away. It actually was a question about what's considered territory, water rights of Eretz Yisrael. Which part of the Yam Hagadol of the Euphrates is Eretz Yisrael? The Tanya. What? Mediterranean. The Mediterranean. Oh, I said the Euphrates. Yeah, the Mediterranean. What's part of Eretz Yisrael and what's part of outside of Israel? So you have to draw invisible lines. That's what you got to do because these are big bodies. If you, uh, you, there's a northern point. That's what these surveyors do. They draw these lines. You know, they're looking over there and they have these invisible lines. So if you have the mountains of Amnon and an inside, that's Eretz Yisrael. But Tori Amnon and Luchutz, that's outside Eretz Yisrael. And you got these little islands there. Not so much the boats. These are islands. So they're growing in the dirt of these islands. You draw an invisible line. Until the Egyptians are always afraid that we're, you know, Eretz Yisrael might go down to Egypt. 
question what's Nachal Mitzrayim uh, mean. Uh, but uh, that there's, it's, it's a, it's a, now there is one opinion that it goes all the way down, but there's another opinion that it, that's a different, uh, I think, Wadi Arish, uh, that Ad Minachutu Livnim, uh, uh, from the inside the line, Eretz Yisrael, Minachutu, outside is Chutzot. Rabbi Huda said, Kol Shekaneged Eretz Yisrael, anything that's on the same level as Eretz Yisrael, it's Eretz Yisrael. Shunemar Gvul Yam, there's a Pasuk that says Gvul Yam. And if you have islands next to it, right now, so you look at the, the line. Me, uh, California, it's Capoloria. Cal- uh, okay. From inside that line, and the Rabbanon who don't agree with this, what do they say? They use it for. These miboyle um, lenisim in general for the islands. You just said nisim losarukra. It's obvious those islands that are inside Eretz Israel are not a not a problem. The, the question here is more: is it the line from the top to the bottom, or is there almost like an even if you're on the same latitude? So let's look at Tosus and we'll see our Rabbeinu Peter over here. Uh, Rabbi Yehuda Omar, second from the top. Uh, so koshikaneged Eretz show Rabbeinu Peter the Rabbeinu Tam. Rabbeinu Peter asked Rabbeinu Tam the following question. Um, he said, in Europe, we're on the, the same level as Eretz Yisrael. We're, they're, they're on the same, uh, um, what do you call it, right. latitude. So if that's true, we should be Chayv and Meiser, Sha'an Bamaravah, Eretz Yisrael. We're to the West. He said, we don't hold like Rabbi Huda. But if we held like Rabbi Huda, technically the areas on the same level, uh, you know, t- would be uh, could be uh, obligated to tithe. Avakasha, but Tosis, I don't understand that. Would he know that all the places over there? Shad lishma. Would I mean? Doesn't it depend on how learned the people are? In other words, how do you expand Eretz Yisrael and also expand uh, the, the idea of writing a divorce? It's, it, it's one thing for Trumas and Meisers and Shemitah. There's a holiness to the land. So whichever is Hashem's holy land, whatever grows there has Trumas and Meisers and Shemitah. But the get depends on the places where Jewish people live and are learned. So if Rabbi Yehuda's opinion is that Eretz Yisrael expands to the sides, do Jewish people live there, and are they learned? And Rabbeinu Peter said, "Okay, in Europe is the same; uh, should be the same thing." And uh, also, can you t- can you track down witnesses as long as they're on the same level? Yesh lomar the lo kifshu hakol ole bavel. He wants to say the uh, only the areas the the some some of the question is some of those territories uh, uh, were conquered by David HaMelech, but they weren't reconquered by the people that came up from Bavel. So those would not be included in uh, Eretz Yisrael. So, Inami, like Rashi says, Kolchin Eretz Yisrael, Hanu Ad Hayam Shekeneged Eretz Yisrael, Delo Ayri Bayabasha. He's only, he's not talking about the dry land. When he says next to Eretz Yisrael, he means the sea territory next to Eretz Yisrael, not the dry land. In other words, Rebbeinu Peter understood it to mean anything on the same latitude. And so, what? That's good. That, there too. Oh, really? Okay, all right. We better be... Okay. 
That's what he wants to say. Just if you skip down, he says, He says, uh, People, Rabbeinu Peter, no, uh, he says, no, the people in those territories that knew they were in Eretz Yisrael proper, so they were learned, because they knew they were in Israel. They, certain territories, if you know you're in biblical Eretz Yisrael, so then you know to make sure to be more learned and to be more careful that you're in Hashem's palace and uh, you'll know these things. Um, he finishes off with an interesting language. But he says, you go to a certain place, they don't know anything about Klai Yisrael, they don't know about our Father in Heaven, they, you know, that's, the, that's a different story. But, um, but anyways, there's the question of how to expand uh, the borders. And again, we're going to get now into Syria that's coming up, that most of, Suri- most of Syria is, is considered part of Eretz Yisrael. That was what David Amelah conquered. And so there is a much larger space uh, to grow in Mirz Hashem uh, 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 when these... Uh... Okay, back to the Gemara. Uh, Rev. Meir Omar uh, Akko ke Eretz Yisrael. So he said Akko was part of the last city in Eretz Yisrael. Boy, me name Rev. Kiyabarava. There's another set of halachas that you need to know where Eretz Yisrael is. And that is um, uh, you're, you're not allowed to sell a Jewish servant outside the land of Israel because a Jewish servant is a convert or a half convert, so to say. And uh, he's, um, or if we're talking about an Evid Ivrit, uh, and outside, well, you can't, um, uh, the Jewish servant, but a, a Jewish servant keeps mitzvahs, and when you sell them outside of Israel, they won't be able to keep most of the mitzvahs, and then they're entitled to their freedom. So, Hamokra Abdel Surya, if you sell them to Surah, it's like selling them outside of Israel. Is that like selling them or not? So, Omer Tinsu, we learned, Remer Omer Akko Keretz Israel Legitin. He said, Akko, uh, which apparently was near Surah, is like Eretz Yisrael for Gittin, the Gittin in Lavadim Lo, but not for servants. Vakosha Kain Surya, the Merkatve. Surya itself is even further away. Uh, so um, it's a question whether or not that would be considered like going outside of Eretz Yisrael. There was, what does this do, a Rashi? It's Rashi's towards the bottom. Um, let's see, the Rashi, it's about five lines from the bottom. Kamocha Bechutzort. Uh, five letters. If you sell your Jewish servant uh, out to go outside the land of Israel, he goes free to We punish the buyer because he keeps mitzvahs. and you can't do that to him to take him out of the kedusha of Eretz Yisrael. Um, Rashi just brings Surya It's the north of Eretz Yisrael. From there, uh, from uh, from Akko. Um, let's continue on in Rashi. Mishum de legitin in mishum de bekiin lishma for divorces. That's part of Eretz Yisrael. Oshkiko lekaimo. There's a lot of travel there, but lavadim lo delav Eretz Yisrael who. It's not Eretz Yisrael, uh, but it's uh, the uh, they, there are a lot of uh, the question whether or not that applies. Okay. Um. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure what the exact territory is. Um, could be. Could be. Akko's the north. And, okay. Uh, it could be part of Le- I'm sure part of Lebanon is, is uh, part. But I, I think it's part of modern-day Syria, uh, Syria as well. So let's see the Gemara. Tanu In three ways, the halachas of Syria 
are like Eretz Yisrael, in three ways it's not quite the same. What exactly is Surya? There's actually a, uh, an earlier Rashi. He says, Surya who Aram Sova. That's what's called Aram Sova. Kishu David. David conquered it, Bosifu al Eretz Yisrael, and added it to Eretz Yisrael. That's what Surya is. So in three ways it's like it, in three ways it's not. Now, by the way, they could have made it fully like Eretz Yisrael. They didn't want to, because this way, um, during Shemitah, they, they would be able to get food from it. So they didn't, uh, that, was, that enabled it, made it easier to keep Shemitah, because uh, and, and in Eretz Yisrael today, during the Shemitah year, they bring in produce from outside of Israel. So the only problem was you had farmers who were in Israel who would label it from, uh, you know, the, let's say the produce came from outside in order to sell it, because they knew that the religious people weren't going to buy Shemitah. So they have drones where they watch the produce that's, uh, you know, where the produce is coming from, and they can track, you know, they have the, you know, the, they, uh, but uh, that's a modern problem. Okay, back to the mark. So, Simon, Alin Beis, Beis, Mary, okay, Afra, Tommy, so what are the three ways? So, first of all, Surya, the Afra, Tommy, the dirt over there, uh, they made the decree, like we said, the Goyim, they bury the dead over there, that's the, the, the if you, the earth, has tumah just like chutzot. Bamochar abdi surya, and if you sell your servant over there, kamoch bechutzot, he goes free. Ba maybe get misura, can maybe bechutzot. And if you deliver a get from there, it's just like chutzot. You have to say it was written and signed in front of me. So those three ways, sura is like um, outside the land of Israel. Bishlosha leeretz Israel. In three ways, it is chayv a meiser bishvias. You're obligated a meiser and shvias like eretz Israel. And if you want to go in there and still stay pure, you could. And if you want to buy a field as we turn the page in Surya, it's like you bought it in a suburb of Yushalayim. It's, it's a mitzvah of Yishav Eretz Yisrael. So now the Gemara explains. So, if you want to say you got to tie then it's a debate about Prop, the things that were conquered by Yehoshua, Yeshua wasn't an individual, he was Klau Yisrael. What was conquered by Yeshua, that's Eretz Yisrael proper. But what, what, what about what was conquered by a single king? That's called Kivish Yachid, that's David HaMelech. So, um, uh, so that's the question. Let's see the Rashi that explains what I just said. Kivish Yachid, the David. Not everybody was there. You didn't have the entire Klai Yisrael going together in the battle, like Yeshua, David did it for the government. That was like government territory, or David's territory. But uh, it was, in the time of David, the, the king wanted to make sure that Klai Yisrael had enough food. And so sometimes they had to expand the borders in order to... Um, uh, have enough sustenance and food, but uh, that's different than the battle for Yeshua. So back to the We said, if you want to enter the land of Sura and stay pure, you could. But wait a second. How do you enter the land and not step on the dirt? If the dirt is Tameh, so what are we saying? So Gemara answer, you could go in a car or, or a, a box uh, and Ditanya, if you enter the land of the Gentiles in one of these things, Rabbi Mitami, I think I told you I'm still waiting for them to come up with a Kohen mobile that you could drive into a cemetery. And, uh, and it's not far fetched uh, to have such a thing that uh, uh, designed in a way to keep the Tumah out. 
I talked to General Motors, you know, that's the... Uh, Isn't that a problem with an, uh, an Ohel Arroy, considering an Ohel Arroy is moving, and it's not mopsed? That's a good reason, if it's an Ohel Arroy. That, Which means it wouldn't be mopsed, and therefore it would be Tomek. Oh, you're saying because it, well... No, but they have, this is Port Melolos, a couple of places where you have a people passing with a, with a cover. I thought I remember seeing that it was, that if you built one the right way, there is a way you could do it. I thought there was. Uh, being a Cohen, I was. I uh, wanted to, yeah. Uh, but I, I don't remember. I'd have to go back over there. And, uh, don't talk to General Motors. Uh, talk to Lubavitch, and they'll put a manure on top of it, and they'll make it happen. <laughs> I see. Okay, that's a good idea. Right, right. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe I didn't remember that halacha right. But anyway, but if you go into one of these, um, so what? This sheeted table and migdal aren't moving. I don't know. Maybe I see Rashi in this he just said they carry it in the air. Next one. Well, he... Oh, I see. He holds Oazorak Loshmeol. I see. Yeah, it does get into that. Yeah, okay. So it has to do with those halachas. Anyway, back to the mark. Ditanya, Nikasaritz. Uh, where do we see this idea? Again, the question is we said Surah is like Israel and it's not like Israel. It's, like, uh, it's not like Israel that the dirt is tummy, but it's like Israel that the air is not tummy. So we said, how do you get there in the air without being in the dirt? So we're mentioning the Shida Table Migdal. Let's see the Tanya Nicholas Eretz Bamim Shida Table Migdal. If you go into the land of the Gentiles, so over there, if it's not Surah, but it's the land of the Gentiles, Rebbe says, even in the box, you're Metame. Rebbe Yosvihuda Metar. And even Rebbe Loka Metame Eleberetz Amim. That's because you're in the full land of the Gentiles. That's really Goish. The Gozer Al Gushav Al in the really Goish lands, not only the decree on the dirt, but even being in the air. Avusura Agusha Gozru, they would the decrees on the dirt, Alavira Logosru. So Sura is not quite as goyish, it's not as bad. Vakona Sadabisura, and we said if you buy land there, Kikona Bapar I don't know how you read that word, the Paruli, but Paruri. The Paruri Yushalaim. Pari? Paravari. It's Parvaland? Parvari? It's not silent. Oh. Pavare. That sounds French. Okay. But Pavare Yushalayim. It's, it's like you bought it in the Pavare of Yushalayim. So, Lamayho. So, what halacha? So, Omer Sheshu, Lamar Shkosin, Love Ono, Ophil B'Shabbos. That you can write, have a deed written. There's a mitzvah to buy Eretz Yisrael. So, you're, you're the, since it's a mitzvah, you can even have the deed. That once you get the deed, they can't back out. So, you can have that written even on Shabbos. The Lamar said. The Shabbos, you can't violate the Shabbos. You can have a non-Jew do it for you on Shabbos. Here also, even though you're usually not allowed to tell a non-Jew to do something you can't do, so uh, this is where I found the Tosos that talks about Yantif. We're going to skip around. I would love to do the whole Tosos. Uh, but we don't have the time. But let's take a little bit of a look at it just to get some of the flavor. It's the second toaster from the bottom. Uh, and even though normally you're not allowed to tell a non-Jew to do malacha on Shabbos, when there's a mitzvah involved, you are allowed to tell a non-Jew to do something on Shabbos. That's important halacha. So uh, the Argomorah seems to imply you can only tell a non-Jew to do something 
for the mitzvah of Eretz Yisrael, because that's an unusually big mitzvah of Yishuv Eretz Yisrael. Avo Mishu Mitzvah But what about another mitzvah? Can you tell a non-Jew to do another mitzvah? No, maybe not. That's the Gemara over there. It says, There was a kid that spilled the hot water, and they wanted to know if they could, uh, they used to use hot water. You know, when the woman went into labor, they boiled water. It was part of the uh, sterilizing. It's amazing because I'll do about sterilizing. The, the medicinal things they would do to prepare, and there was a question over there, heating up the water. The Rav Amarlu Vishuli Ime. He said, well, anyways, they're going to need to, if, if they need the hot water for the mother, then they're going to need it for the child, for the bris. And uh, he gets into that question whether you could tell a non-Jew um, uh, to do something for the, uh, definitely to, to heal somebody. Let's skip down uh, to the bottom of Tosvus, uh, to the four lines from the bottom. Vadatan Perakam Beis Debeya. A person, if they want to take a bath on Yantuf. So uh, it says over there that you shouldn't heat up the water to wash your feet. They had dirty feet, they walked barefoot, and so it was a mechaya to bathe their feet. And having a hot foot bath sounds fun. You only could do that if it has to do with eating, because on Yantuf you're allowed to do things for eating. You can cook for eating. So you should, if you can drink the water, then you could bathe in it. And we said over there that you're allowed to uh, make extra meat. You only need a little bit. But how do you shecht one cow? You know, how do you shecht for one steak? The baker can fill up the whole barrel, even though he only needs one ketone. Uh, over there, there are many heterim in uh, rabbinic halacha for over there. He wants to say because of Simchas Yantuf. So getting back to, we're getting ready for Yantuf, but you should know that there are heterim to do things with a non-Jew because there is a mitzvah of Simchas Yantuf. That's the, that's the only thing I wanted to point out. But that was my connection. Back to the Gemara. Okay. Uh, what happens if a person says, uh, now we're entering a new, totally new territory, um, uh, we were talking about servants. We opened the subject up about servants. And um, sometimes a person had a loyal servant and he wanted to give his servant his freedom. Uh, now, there is an opinion you're not allowed to do that. Uh, you know, the, somebody, especially he's Jewish and he works for you and he's, he's a sincere convert, you know, who's really like... Uh, they had, they've had, historically, there were servants who were really... Uh, uh, quite, uh, you know, some of them were scholars and other things. So what happens if you wanted to free them? Uh, or uh, we're going to bring another version if the, you wanted to flatter them, that uh, you, they didn't actually get their freedom, but you, uh, for whatever reason, and then they're going to find out that they, uh, they didn't get quite what you promised them. But let's see. What happens if you tell your servant... Oh, I'm sorry. Tan Rabbanim. Evid Shevi Gito. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, so uh, there's a, just like there's a get uh, that a woman separates herself uh, from her husband, there's also a get, a document where a servant separates himself from his master. 
So what happens if a servant, and just like you need to confirm the signatures on a woman's document, you would need to confirm the witnesses on a get. Um, so, what happens if the document said that uh, I'm giving you your freedom and I'm giving you my property? So, he gets his freedom, but he doesn't get the property. Now, this goes back to the, 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 when we said that a woman can be divorced with one witness delivers the get, usually one witness is not enough. One witness is not enough for money issues. Money issues, you always need two, issue, two witnesses. But we said we're lenient in regards to the woman that we accept one witness. So here also, if a servant comes and sit with a transfer of property, so that's one witness, but you need two witnesses to transfer property. But his freedom he does get. His freedom this is accepted for the freedom document, but it's not enough uh, for the property. But what if he said, kol I'm giving it all to him. So Amr Atzmo. Now, the question really is, do we believe the servant or do we not? We said the halacha is that one witness is enough to give him his freedom. So we're believing him that it's true that his master said, I'm giving it all to you. So how do you divide it? If you believe him totally and give him his freedom, shouldn't you give him the property? When it's two statements, so then you could do what we call pagin and debor. You can divide it up and say, for the money things, you need two witnesses. Forget that. We're not going to listen to you. You need two witnesses. But for your personal status, one witness is enough. But over here, where there's only one statement, all my property is going to you, the servant. So what's the deal here? Would we give him his freedom or not? So Abayi says, Well, once we believe him about himself, he's going to get all the property. Amalei Rava, Rava argues, says, Bishleim atzmo likne midi havea The fact that one witness, one testimony that's similar to a woman's uh, divorce being delivered. El nechasem lo kana, but how should he get the property? Midi havea kiyam shares the alma. It should be like any other confirmation of a document where you need to. And so therefore, Abai said, mitokshe lo kana nechasem. Well, guess what? Either you accept the document or you don't. And you're telling me we can't accept this document? Lo kona atmo. Then he's not free either. Why can't you divide it? I understand that we can't believe him about the property. Because you always need to confirm the document too. El atmo likta. Midi have gedisha. El omar rava echadzeza atmo kona chasim lo kona. It must be that uh, he acquires himself, but not the property. So now we need to understand the argument. And the argument is going to be exactly what I jumped into a little early. Can you divide something in half? I mean, usually either it's a good document or it's not. And if you believe uh, if one witness is enough for a document, so it should be enough. But can you divide it and say, well, we can't accept what you're saying regarding transferring property. That always needs to. But we can, we can cut it in half. Can we cut it both or not? You can cut a person's words in half. Um, there's many cases where this comes up. Sometimes a person testifies about somebody else. 
and he, he's believed about part and part he's not. Uh, well, I'm not sure if we'll get into that or not. Tanan. Hakosov called Nakosov Avdo. If you give away all your property to your servant, so he's free because he's part of your property and you gave it all to him. That includes, basically, you gave him himself. Shire Karka Kolshehu. If you left something out, so guess what? Lo Yotza, because uh, he's, he, he, didn't, he doesn't go out either. So then what did he get? So this is just when you wanted to flatter him or tease him. Lo Yotza Ben Chorin. Rushimin says, Lo Olmuhu Ben Chorin. So we're going to continue this discussion that we got into. We were talking about delivering divorces and we got into servants and the laws of servants in Eretz Israel. And now we're getting into the, the, the testimony of a servant. And the question is, can you believe him for part without believing him for the whole thing? Okay, we'll stop here. Have a great day, everybody.